We're Nothing. going to find out. We'll <laughs> probably find out on Cowboy State Politics. I'm just telling you. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh. You know what happens? You play that music backwards on an old turntable. It brainwashes people? It sounds like this. <laughs> yes, you know that sound. The Ramble Room is back. Dom is here. Sorry, sorry that you have to be here. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That, that that's all right. And you're talking about the music there. And so we've been doing more and more of these ramble room slash cowboy state politics ones. Maybe we should get a third theme song. Like I have a friend who's a fantastic yeah. musician. Maybe she could sing something for us. Some you, parody for you. You bring it. We can play it. Uh, we're as as you might have gathered there. Diane is here with us. David Iverson is back again. He's getting really comfortable in that seat. I am. I like it. Yeah. And our special guest today is Dr. Garrett Lindemann. He is everybody's favorite microbiologist, and he's back. I have to correct you, Ken. Geneticist. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, hey. no, why do you? Why are you? Why are you already talking anti-science stuff? Uh, why? Because you know I'm an anti-scientist. Well, I heard that about yeah. you. Yeah, I've been yeah. called that. I've been called that. But you know, God forbid, if I ask questions like a scientist does. God forbid if I use logic like a scientist does. Why are no, you no, attacking no. science? No, listen, everybody knows what a scientist does is take checks from politicians to fund their research, and they say whatever the politics the politicians want. They say, okay, Here, these are the results I need. Here's the money. Come up with a so-called study with a lot of big words and citations, and then we can go on the news and say I'm right. So, sadly, you're correct in a big pile of, of, of scientists. They're just like any other humans, you know, whether they be lawyers or judges or politicians or doctors well, they can be bought off oh yeah absolutely yeah. we see that in political science all the time we see it in economics too we yep. get these people it's like oh a new study from harvard shows that raising the minimum wage really really high doesn't hurt the economy at all and of course it's just like saying you know the new scientific study says waterfalls actually go up we know it goes against the law of physics but you have the person getting paid to say it and boom there's the study and the news goes out there and parrots it and then you go up on facebook and you say the study isn't true, and like me, then you get banned. Oh, you too. I've been kicked off Twitter, been been penalized on Facebook, on Facebook, and um, yeah. But you know, the whole last couple of years has been the the COVID scandemic, right? Yeah, you know, so yeah, and, and it's been against it's been against science. It's been against viral evolution, the PCR assay when it first came out. You know, anybody that's done PCR before, polymerase chain reaction. You, you know that at 30 cycles, everything after that is trash. And they were doing 45 cycles. Just and to I read, pump up the positives. Pump if, up the if positives. If that confuses you, go back to our last show with Garrett, and he went into that at length. Describe for us laypersons what that meant. I'd like you to get into this because I was talking about getting kicked off Facebook, and specifically because you're an expert on this. Um, they went digging back through my posts because they don't like me, so they're always looking for some violation of a rule, and they can never really find one. But the latest one was December 11th. 
I posted an article to a scientific study that showed that the vaccines were useless against the Omicron variant. They are. Uh, yeah, right. Well, the vaccines it, are useless, period. Well, right, but just the fact that I put up a, a, a scientific study that was contradicted by the World Health Organization, I got shut down, and, and I was locked out of Facebook for a while. So um, you as a scientist, I'm just a political scientist, not a soft science, not something real. Explain <laughs> to us why that scientific study was correct and why Facebook is full of it. Because Zuckerberg is in charge of Facebook, and their fact-finders are just opinion writers, and they don't have any real background in science. They just have a political viewpoint, and if you're against the popular narrative sent down from the vegetable salad up north, you know, you're you're bad. You're going to get banned. Oh, and I understand that completely yep. because I have pulled out government reports from, like, the Federal Republic of Germany, and I've pulled out stuff from scientific magazines like Nature and put out s studies and argued points, and, and I get back from Facebook, well, Snoop says you're wrong, so we're banning you. Yeah, so who owns Snoops? Who owns uh, Snoops? Doesn't Facebook pay them? Yes, he does. Okay, all right. Yeah, and there's like four of them. They probably just have... Politifiction or politi politi whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so this is, this is what real science is about. I mean, my good friends and I used to go to parties and stand in the corner because our, our wives and girlfriends were doing other things, and... And we'd sit over in this corner and we would argue back and forth minutia about different studies, you know, citing authors' names and citing specific experiments and getting into the minutia of, no, he used this instead of that and blah, 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 and get really intense about it because we were scientists. I mean, um, the funny thing about the Big Bang Theory is I knew personalities like that. You know, that's, that, those personalities are nearly correct on scientists. Um, when, when it comes to interacting with the public, but you get scientists together and it's, you know, it can get really, really strident about things. And we're asking really qu hard questions about specific topics. No, wait, wait, wait a second. No, wait a second. Are you telling me that among scientists you couldn't reach a consensus? Oh, yes. This no, is but, um, but I hear all the time the science is settled. There's a consensus. This can't be Shut right. Up. Yeah, right. He's I've just, seen them on TV, and you, they all you, agree. You best, yeah. ex, you best explain yourself. Hey, give up TV. This goes against give up all, TV. <laughs> this goes against all common so, knowledge in the media. Science is always settled. So, so uh, let's take pi, the number pi. You know, what is the first thing? What is the first thing they do when they get a new supercomputer? Now he's attacking math. <laughs> I thought he was attacking dessert. Well, last well, I heard, math, I, is race, math is racist. I heard math, math is, is white supremacy yeah, anyway. White supremacy, yeah, I mean, yeah. even though we use Arabic numbers. but Yeah, 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 and Egyptian logic. Um, yeah, so the first thing they check is whether or not pi is actually non-repetitive. And they do that in every, super, in every supercomputer. How many times has, uh, has Einstein's theory of whatever been checked for the speed of light and things like that, gravitational pull? They do it all the time. They're doing it again now with the new different LIDO systems. You know, it's just what happens. You know, biological sciences are a little bit different. Physics and math are, are harder sciences, so you can actually have laws. You know, the law of thermodynamic, which means it applies everywhere. Except for where it doesn't. Yeah, except for where, you know, the vegetable salad, say, it doesn't apply. Um, biology is a little bit different because you can actually have special cases. You know, I mean... Like, uh, the big thing now is they say, you know, it's the law of evolution. No. It's not a law. No, they're saying it is, but Darwin's theory of evolution has not been proven. It's a theory. It's a theory. It has not, not been proven, one. you know. And, and, they, and, they, and they skip Wallace altogether, who had a competing, who has a competing theory. They skip Wallace altogether. So, 
So I have a question. And you guys seem to have. Are all you the going answers. to attack you, science you, too? You, 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 you already answers. used your question, Nick. I I want to know what's going on in Israel. How can this be? Well, it's happened repeatedly through even here in the USA. It's happened in all, all other countries. I mean, if you look at uh, Hawaii and New Jersey and California, you know they all have mask mandates and vaccine mandates, and yet now New Jersey and Hawaii have the highest rates of COVID infection. California's death due to COVID is twice that of Florida, where, you know, we don't have a mask mandate and they don't have a vaccine mandate. So what's happening is, and this came from the uh, fellow, the Nobel laureate that found HIV virus, he says that the shot actually feeds the virus. So there's a couple competing, couple competing possibilities here. One is, if you want to believe what the media says about the virus is evolving really fast, um, I, I think that's hogwash because the general consensus and everything else previous on RNA viruses, and COVID is an RNA virus, uses RNA, ribonucleic acid as its genetic material, versus DNA viruses, which use DNA as their genetic material. They claim that RNA viruses mutate faster uh, well, on this one, the COVID, they're claiming it's mutating very fast. The science demonstrates that DNA viruses mutate faster. So that's that's that theory as far as, or that suggestion as far as I'm concerned is blown out of the water. Wait, 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 hold on just a second though. But what if COVID was biologically engineered? What if? Yeah, what if? Could, what they, if? could they have not biologically engineered a virus so it mutated more quickly? I haven't looked at that aspect of it. I agree it is a bioweapon. It's, it's been, it, there's, there's the hallmarks of what you would use sort of standard to make it, to splice it in. And you take the fact that it's a peglodon spike protein on a bat capsid. Yeah, it's not like you're gonna. It sounds like a dinosaur. Well, I'm not, I'm not buying any of this. <laughs> I, I, I think this is Facebook hogwash and I need a fact check. Yeah. So what are your qualifications, Garrett, to, to spew all of this racism and hatred? <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Bighorn. You know? <laughs> and no. makes you qualified. Yeah, I got qualified. Yeah, I'm white. I can wear a cowboy hat. You know, what other better qualifications are there? Um, I got two doxy hounds. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, German German dogs. No, seriously, give give the folks your credentials. My credentials, okay. Um uh, I have a master's, or well, actually, my undergraduate degrees are in biology and chemistry from St. John's in Collegeville, Minnesota. My master's is from uh, St. Paul uh, campus of Minneapolis, University of Minneapolis. My PhD is from the University of Kansas in molecular genetics. My thesis was basically differential gene expression in an animal model of a human disease called polycystic kidney disease. I then went on and worked for Roche, uh, the company, the PCR company. Uh, we did rare cell isolation and analysis and identification. And I've done um, a couple applications for uh, through the FDA for a variety of things, including drugs and devices and diagnostics and things like that. And I've been a scientist in life sciences for the last 30 years. You know, I have, I don't know how many patents. I have a new publication as of June on um, COVID, basically identifying COVID spike protein out of saliva on a graphene biosensor in under five minutes. Uh, we can actually do it faster than that. And then the rest are got to do with differential gene expression. So Hate speech. Hate speech, yeah. 
I heard nothing in there. The CDC is emphatic that the number one health priority, the number one health public health threat in America is guns. racism. Oh, I thought it was guns. No, it's I racism. It was it's racism. Warming. And you didn't mention racism a single time, so you obviously have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Well, let's keep in mind the CDC is a quasi-governmental institution that makes all of their money, big chunk of their money, off of licensing patents for like vaccines like COVID. Hmm. Did you guys know that? Yes, I did. The federal <laughs> government owns the at least part of the patent on Moderna. On Moderna. Well, on in Moderna in, in some case, all of it, and then they license them. So you get a reoccurring fee and royalty. Which is why they got to slam therapeutics like Regeneron, because there's no money in that. Oh, back up the truck, HCQ and ivermectin. Yeah. You know, just good old vitamin D and sunshine. I, I was going to say, yeah, it dealt with the Delta variant by sitting out in the sun in Georgia. I dealt with the Delta variant by drinking gin and tonics and taking my vitamin <laughs> D and my and my uh, emergency emergency Q and sitting out in the sun. You know. Did you actually? Did you get infected? Um, based on symptomology, three times. Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I got the trifecta. I got the original strain. I got yeah. the Delta, and I had Omicron about three weeks ago. So yes, uh, I had. Yeah, I felt like I was. I felt like I had uh, mononucleosis back when I was nineteen. I love the. I love the flashback. You know. So. But. So so. I, I don't think a, I don't think we sniffles eat. Once. Well, well, let's let, but let's talk about let's be clear about it. These tests out there won't tell you what variants you have. It's based on symptomology. If you want to find out what variant you have, they have to isolate the COVID from you and send it out to have the RNA sequenced, which is not a small task. So the the Wyoming Department of Health currently has like Sheridan County is having like maybe a, a dozen or so confirmed Omicron cases. And it's been obvious that suddenly, about two weeks ago, about half the town was coughing and sneezing, that there were thousands of cases at that point. But uh, there's no real way to tell, like you were saying. One of the things I did notice with Omicron, I didn't lose my sense of smell. That was nice. That well, but you had it twice before. You might actually have enough immunological co- cover to where you didn't get it really bad. That's right. I'm fully vaccinated and boosted the hard way. The hard way. The natural way. Actually, the easy way compared to what I've seen happen to people who've gotten the shots. Oh, yeah. You don't want to get the shot. So um, what about somebody like me? It hasn't been sick, but everybody I know and have been around for the last six months has had it and actually know a couple of people that passed. Well, death. Is that called natural immunity? Yeah. I mean, did, did you have it before or? I don't know that I ever had it. Well, you might have cross-reactivity from something else you had before. You know, I mean. I do know. I, I heard just the other day. Somebody was saying, if you haven't had this jab, that you're an anti-vaxxer. And the answer to that was no, because this isn't a vaccine. And I want to step off of that and say, I served in the Army for 10 years. I went all over the world. I was a pincushion. My shot record is about 18 pages long. You, well, you, <laughs> might, have gotten, you yeah. might have some immunity based on that cross-reactivity yeah. to it. So uh, I have I've kind of a sophomore, or it might be a sophomore question. But since we have you here, Garrett. Um, I, I have this I have this argument with people all of the time that the shot that they're pushing is not a vaccine. So in, could you just give us your your definition of what a vaccine is and what it is not? Yeah, sure. So let's also stop, stop here and take a moment since we've talked about the CDC previously. The CDC changed the definition of a vaccine on its Web page because they were dismayed by how many vaccine skeptical people were you know and they wanted to try and rope them in better and that failed and it wasn't based on science so if you if you go look it up at a classic hard dictionary so you're not at the whims of someone altering the web page 
basically what it is is a a attenuated virus and by attenuated it's either killed or it's altered in some way so it can't replicate in you that provides you that 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 produces an immune response that then provides you the individual taking it the ability to either have very mild conditions or moderate conditions and not die from it or a low number of them die from it so this is not the jab is not a vaccine because it's it, it's not a virus it's either covered in a liposome or in a carrier capsid called adenovirus which is a virus but it doesn't provide any immunity to you at all does it, it provide immunity to your neighbor no now let's not, now, now let's get this crap out of the way about people right. saying you need to get vaxxed because because you're an anti-vaxxer and you're causing the spread of the disease. No, I'm sorry. If you've been vaxxed and you're saying that, what you've got to realize is you got that shot for yourself. It only helps you. And since you can walk around feeling like maybe you're just sort of slow that day, you still get infected. You can st still have the disease. You can still die, but this time from the shot. You can you know, still spread it. You can still spread it. So you're typhoid Mary. Those that are unvaxxed will get sick and stay home, Right. Absolutely. I've been making that point to a lot of people. Who spreads the, the disease more? Somebody who has partial immunity and doesn't feel sick and continues to spread it? Or the guy like me who started coughing, got a fever, and said, I better stay home? You're correct. Well, and I, I think the left is, is brilliant at their use of language. And so they, they change the definition of words to convince you of the lie that they're telling. And calling this thing a vaccine is, is a perfect example of it because at like essentially, what it is is gene therapy. Am I right? I wouldn't go that far. Um, I, I, I'll go as far as a bioweapon, gene therapy. I won't go that far. But, you know, even the fellow that invented it, Dr. Malone, calls it an experimental therapy. And he says that the government's not being transparent about it. And what we're finding out now is that once you get that shot, depending on, you know, the, basically how, what your cell biology is like, you may be turning out spike proteins for a very, very long time. I, I'd like to ask you something because, you know, this is the type of brain I don't get to speak to in person very often. Right. What are your thoughts on the whole idea of T-cell exhaustion and, and vulnerability to f cancer going, f going forward? Oh, it's not just cancer. So people that have cancer in remission will see that pop up. It already is. It goes along with people having uh, tuberculosis in remission. Um, that will pop up. All these different infections that your T cells would help keep in check are going to pop up. So, you know, um, uh, the, the scientist in me says, okay, roughly 53% of the U.S. population is vaccinated. Uh, and I hate using that term. Well, they have the shot. Um, and some chose it themselves, like we should have all been able to do that. Others were forced to do it to choose between feeding their families and, and not feeding their families. Others took it willfully because, you know, they just, you know, go, you know, sick aisle. We'll, we'll, we'll goose step and take it. And some were children horrifically marched up to get one by their parents. Yeah. Well, and don't even get me, because now Fauci said that children under four will have three boosters. Even though the vaccine is, the vaccine side effects are more harmful than, than the viruses well, to children that age. Well, they sh children, anyone under, well, um, I'm getting them all worked up here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm losing my train of thought, too. You know, Sorry, I'll shout a moment there. Yeah. Um, so um, so T-cell exhaustion. 
Um, and we're going to see other things beside that. They're attacking the immune system. I mean, if you look at, we're talking about databases, uh, the UK National Health Insurance, or not, yeah, National Health Insurance database clearly indicates that there are people that, that have had the vaccination, the, the shot, that their immune response is dropping off 5% every week. How, how do blood clotting and stroke issues figure into this? Um, well, in, in young people, um, well, the blood clots, it's, it's, a doctor has claimed that it's more of a circulatory disease than anything else. It's attacking the circulatory system. And so with blood clots, you could have, you know, your T cells basically becoming these big centers of blood clots attacking it and hanging on to it and causing that problem. You know, I mean, you're going to, in kids under 20, uh, the ones that have been, have had the shot, 50% of them, it's it's guessed that 50% of them have undiagnosed inflammatory heart disease. And if you have that, it's a six-year time window before you're in the dirt. Um, and that's, you know, that's the tip of the iceberg. But the trick is, is what's now becoming known and what it was always known before is that people over 65 um, with, with, four, with three or more comorbidities were really the ones that were dying, you know. So, I have that recorded, by the way. Yeah. It basically starts from day one, about 15 days to flatten the curve and goes through all the lies. It has Biden talking about how oh, if okay. you had the vaccine, you won't get sick you won't let's uh let's play that yeah let's okay. go for it here we go 18 march 2020 when we are joined now by the nation's top doctor the u.s surgeon general dr jerome adams dr adams good morning to you sir these new cdc guidelines that were announced this week say advise no gatherings of more than 10 people for the next 15 days you've said we can do anything for 15 days but but give it to us straight isn't this going to be longer than 15 days? How long do you think people should expect to be at home, essentially? Well, what you're talking about is our 15 days to stop the spread initiative. We're telling people that we really want them to avoid gatherings of 10 or more. We want them to avoid any unnecessary travel. Uh, we want them to work from home, if at all possible or not go in. Uh, and the reason why we framed it this way is because when we look at the data, uh, our numbers are where Italy's were two to three weeks ago. So we really have a choice to make right now as a nation. Uh, do we want to go the way of Italy and see our numbers increase rapidly? Or do we want to go the way of South Korea and China? Wait a second. Did we hear that right? Did this idiot just suggest that we follow China's lead? That we emulate what China has done? and China who aggressively leaned in the mitigation measures and were actually able to level off their peak and are now seeing uh, significantly decreased numbers of cases. We, we really right. feel like if we can get America 15, to all I mean, pitch in, yeah. we feel like if we can get America to all pitch in for the next 15 days, we can flatten the curve, which is a term that you've been hearing a lot, not overwhelm our healthcare systems. So and 15 days is this. enough? 15 days is likely not going to be enough to get us all the way through, but uh, we really need to lean into it now so that we can bend the curve in the next 15 days. Extraterrestrials, strange phenomena, missing persons, lost continents, myths, and monsters. We examine these mysteries to determine, are they bullshit or not? The other thing I think that's a very important principle is to be consistent. Uh, you know, you, 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 you have to 
have a certain fundamental set of principles that guide how you advise somebody and don't you can't change them. You've got to be consistent. And sometimes your consistency is going to be, have a negative impact on somebody and sometimes it's going to have a positive. But if you're consistent, then in the long range, you're going to be very effective. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, uh, inside uh, there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if in fact you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If in fact you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at, at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. The, 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 the pediatric, the Academy of Pediatric, actually makes that recommendation that children should be wearing masks uh, from two years old onward. And you're asking now, if your child is a member of your household, can you walk outdoors with your child without a mask? According to that chart, the answer is yes. But the child can't, not to beat it, yeah. beat it to death. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Because now okay. the CDC says, I mean, I think I've got this right. One mask is better than zero masks. Two masks is better than one mask. But you don't have to have double masks. Is, is I, that right? I mean, <laughs> you know, it became clear that cloth coverings Why not that you didn't have to buy in a store that you could make yourself were adequate. And then you want it yeah. to fit better. So one of the ways you could do it, if you would like to, is put a cloth mask over, which actually here and here and here, where you could get leakage in, is much better contained. Are you a double masker, Dr. Fauci? It looks like you are. <laughs> various shots that people are getting now cover that they're, they're you're okay you're not going to you're not going to get covid if you have these vaccinations what we're alleging is that gain of function research was going on in that lab and nih funded it that is Can't not get away from it it meets your definition and you are obfuscating the truth i'm not obfuscating the truth Senator you Paul's are the one time is expired but i will allow the witness to let me just finish i want everyone to understand that if you look at those viruses and that's judged by qualified virologists and evolutionary biologists those viruses are molecularly impossible no one's to result they are. No in SARS-CoV-2. viruses caused the pandemic. We're saying they are gain-of-function viruses because yeah. they were They're animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you admit the truth. And you implying... Senator Paul, your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual I totally resent and could that. Have and if anybody and is lying here, Senator, it is you. This is CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. 
the overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin. Reaction? Um, back in March of 2020, they changed the reporting on deaths, and this has got to do with the distinction between dying with COVID and from COVID. And there was a Minnesota state senator who was an MD who almost lost his license because he outed everybody on this. So basically what it came down to is if you were infected with COVID and you died, even if you died in a car accident, you came in dead, DOA, and they tested you for COVID because they got paid to do the test, then you died from COVID, you know. And so other people that would come in, now granted some people did die from COVID, but the number that died wasn't near as big as they reported, Correct. you know. And, of course, you couple that with the false positives of the PCR tests. That just makes it even more horrific, and you got better fear porn for CNN. Which to, goes to back publish. to the sampling that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, the testing that we mentioned. And I'm going to encourage everyone to don't take the tests. And it's not because you shouldn't find out whether or not you are infected. It's because it gives them more power. If you just opt out of it and do the symptomology and treat it like the cold and get well, you know, they can't say there's 12 Omicron in infected people in Sheridan County. You know, they can't do that because you haven't been tested. Well, it's interesting. We've got the scientists came from the political standpoint of giving them power by taking the test. And, and I, as a, a political scientist, have been taking it more from the medical scientific standpoint that people are chasing their tails, getting tested, getting false positives, getting false negatives, that the tests are not accurate as it is. And what happened to common sense that you're sick or somebody in your home is sick with it, then you, you isolate until the symptoms go away. Well, there are, there are retired doctors that I know because, as Ken knows, my dad was the radiologist in town for 30 years. So I know several retired doctors, and they refer to it as a medical treatment. You know, the, and, and, and they also say to me when I ask them questions, well, because some of them are old enough to remember polio, what happened during the polio pandemic? And, 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 and between the two viruses, I'd be infinitely more afraid of the polio than I would of COVID. And they go, well, people were quarantined. Yeah, they shut down the pool and things like that because they didn't know how it was transmitted, but basically life went on basically as, as you would see it, you know. And, and the same thing with other diseases too. I mean, yeah, people would deliver, you know, deliver food to the curb stop and you'd come out and get it if you were quarantined. But they didn't shut down the industry. They didn't shut down the city. They didn't make people afraid of, of getting together. But, you know, let, let's, let's also take a step further into the political realm. If you shut down people aggregating, what happens? You shut down the transmission of information. Their only source of information is what yeah. they're fed through the news. Right. But they also, you also shut down the leaders or the people that are fed up going, we've got to write this. I mean, you know, what I, what I, what I was really surprised about since our revolutionary fathers met in pubs and bars and places like that that they didn't shut down the alcohol establishments they kept kept them open you know <laughs> that was specifically requested by nancy pelosi oh was it okay yeah, yeah well she yeah. had to yeah you know so um well i wanted to uh, also ask um since um we've got you here what is what are your thoughts on, i've seen in the media comparisons with the 1918 flu pandemic can you oh. can you please just tell everyone listening why that is such a false equivalency? 
Oh, well, nothing like loading the deck. Um, <laughs> oh, it, it's it's so obvious. I mean, it just, but everybody knows that how different it was. But yeah. we're still hearing in the news. It's oh, it's killed more people now than than the uh, the nineteen eighteen yeah. flu. Give us give us your unbiased. Well, view. let's remember that Fauci wrote a paper about the nineteen eighteen flu pandemic, and I think it was in two thousand four. No. And his conclusion came to it that it was the mass and a bacterial pneumonia collected in the mass that caused the most deaths. Oh, <laughs> racist. Was this peer-reviewed? Um, it's Fauci. He probably pencil-whipped it through. Well, because Oh, he probably did because it was in the journal that, this, that the NIH publishes. I understand, though, that Fauci has no peers. That he's peerless. Uh, he and therefore, is the science. Well, he is right. science. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, well, it cannot it be reviewed. Science embodied in that short little uh, yeah. Peer yeah. review is just a form of censorship now anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, let's keep in mind that Fauci is an MD. He's been in the government his whole life. He's the Has highest. he ever practiced? No. He's, he's, he's the highest paid civil servant at $495,000 a year. Yeah, it's up there. And, and, his, and his public disclosure on his... Uh, total wealth finally came out, and it's ten point four million. You know, um, it's interesting to see. It'd be interesting to figure out how he got that much money. You know, white supremacist. All public servants can make millions of dollars. Didn't you know that? That's well, yeah. So like Pelosi and insider trading, and her husband insider trading. Hogwash! I'm not. I'm not <laughs> believing any of this. And then that's Dave Iverson, the, the most skeptical person in Wyoming about anything that has to do with politics. Um, you know, uh, it's. Uh, yeah, so, you know, and this is, a yeah, so, and he's not a PhD researcher, and that might sound arrogant, but, you know, so medical doctors are taught to figure out, um, and actually, you know, here we don't even really, really they're figure They're diagnosticians. Out. They're diagnosticians. But more importantly than that, they actually don't look at causality here in the States. They say, oh, you have high blood pressure, take this drug. They don't go, oh, your diet sucks, you drink too much, and you're fat. Right. You know, um, Whereas in Europe, that's what they would do. You know, they'd go, okay, we're going to put you, you know, if, if you come in overweight and you've got type 2 diabetes, they're going to say, okay, we're putting you on this diet. You need to get more. You need to get out and work out more. And we're going to put you on some insulin until, or actually the drug that releases it, until, you know, you get your weight down. You know. Which leads us to Medicaid expansion. <laughs> Medicaid <laughs> Except expansion. that he didn't get a chance to answer Tom's question. Specifically, the lethality of the virus. The demographics of the people who actually died from the 1918 flu versus the people who are actually dying from COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Th th it was the young. It was the military-age people. And funny about it is I read an article about it, and that may have came from China, too. You know, I mean, because uh, what I didn't know towards the end of World War One is the Brits brought in a bunch of Chinese people to dig trenches. And apparently some of them came in ill, and it first started in England, and it started, and we didn't get it here until our, our, our boys came back, the Doughboys came back, and then it spread. You could actually, through the cities, because transportation was limited, you could actually see, you know, St. Louis spike, and then Kansas City spike, and on down the line. We had people in 1900 years ago, people would catch that, that strain of the flu, and they would be fine in the morning and dead 12 hours later. So right. they get some type of immune system overreaction. I think a lot of it was a pneumonia, an inflammatory infiltrate in the lungs, and you suffocated to death. Tom, you, you mentioned at the beginning of this you were kind of following it, and you were led to believe through your own intuition that this was created in a lab oh, okay let's explain oh, that right, again now, so now, i want to hear on. garrett's reaction yeah, yeah i was gonna say let's we're not putting words in my mouth here i'm, I'm somebody no. who asks questions and i've gotten in trouble many times because people often interpret my questions as statements but, racist yeah <laughs> white supremacist i, 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 I <laughs> 
was, I was just lost it on that one. I'm drinking tea this time and not beer too. Um, I was looking at the demographics of the, of the lethality of the virus when it first was coming out because I had realized when it had jumped to Hong Kong, it was already airborne no matter what they were telling us. And it was coming to the United States and it was coming to Sheridan no matter what we did through the airports. Um, I noticed immediately that primarily there were uh, adults dying and there were adult men. And the question I asked was, what kind of virus spares women and children? Yeah, no, I agree. It's the older, it was the older population that was attacked, but that's why they had to move the infected into the elder care rooms or elder care facilities so they could kill more old folks. So being, you know, in my darker days, I think, or when I have my darker hours, I think that this was actually part of the part of the scam here was to kill off the old folks, so so that you could go, oh my God, we need to nationalize healthcare. I mean, not only do you need to, you know do everything else they did, but, oh, now we need to nationalize health care because all these people are dying. If we're going to go that dark of a route, I, I think a lot of these politicians aren't that bright. It might have been something more immediate, such as, wow, these people are such a drain on the state budget. That, too. So much for our compassion. Well, let me just throw something out there. You know, we since the beginning of, of the pandemic, um, the only thing that, well, the very first thing I heard was that if you have diabetes or you have other comorbidities, you're going to die. Okay. And um, admittedly, I was a little scared because I'm a type one diabetic and I didn't know a lot about this. So honestly, for, for quite a long time, I was just holed up in my apartment. Well, probably, I don't know, four or five months ago, I, I got COVID and I immediately started taking ivermectin. And honestly, it wasn't any worse than a bad head cold. Yeah. So two days, I felt good. But, you know, being a diabetic, I know that if, and anytime I get sick, my blood sugar goes up. And so on the third day when I had it, I mean, my blood sugar was almost uncontrollable. I mean, it took me, it took me almost two and a half times my daily dose of insulin to get it under control. Okay, so, so my point here is that it is not that I have diabetes that that COVID is going to attack those individuals, at least in my case. Um, the problem comes in is the immune response to the virus that drives the blood sugar up, and then people who are diabetic end up um, slipping into ketoacidosis, and they die from that cause, which, yes, the infection was caused by COVID, but really— You die from the acid. You die the from the complications it's, with diabetes. But, 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 let's, but, let's, but let's be honest about this. Diabetes is the fourth one. And so these, these people that died had three or more. So the first, sure. one's, the first one's asthma. The second one's smoking, right? So you got two, actually. Right. And then the, th the third one is... I can't remember what the third one is. And then there's diabetes. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was obesity. I'm, I'm oh, pretty obesity, sure high yeah. blood pressure. Obesity, go together. yeah. Hypertension. Well, and then yeah. where I was going with that is that, yes, I'm a diabetic, but I'm also a pretty healthy guy. Right. You know, rarely yeah. rarely do I eat anything that's got a preservative in it. You know, I monitor my diet really close. You know, I'm not like super fit, but I'm, you know, a pretty small guy. I'm not obese or anything like no. that. But uh, I thought it was interesting, Garrett, when you said that a lot you know, a lot of maybe older doctors would say, look, your problem is you drink too much, you're fat, and you're smoking. You know, maybe we should, maybe we should deal with those. Yeah, well, I mean, medical practice, in my opinion, medical practice has changed. And part of it is driven by these gigantic healthcare industries where, you know, the nurse practitioner does a lot or the nurse does a lot, and I'm not belittling them. You know, a lot of them pick things up. In fact, I was, talk I was talking to a nurse that we both know, 
about it and she says i you know i see this i see these people coming in to see the doctor and i see that you know three weeks ago four weeks ago they had their last booster of vaccination and now they have this problem you know and she says i pointed out to the doctor and the doctor goes yeah that's not part of it you know and it and it's because the doctor has what's what's the time limit now for like kaiser permanente and things like that 10 minutes to see a patient i mean they have to they're now doing speed oil changes is what they're doing you know, they come in, they have notes from the nurse, they go, blah, 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 here, take this. And they're out the door, right? You know, there was a time, especially around here, you know, we could call a doctor, our folks would call a doctor, and they'd say, oh, yeah, you know, bring them in, we'll see them right away. You know, I'm, I mean, my folks... Um, and they knew you, and they had knew, known yeah. you from the time you were born. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like Dr. Thickman, who's still around. Seymour. Yeah, how old is he, 95? I see him out running now and then. He runs um, still? Then, Holy crap. What? Two generations of baddies? Yeah, two generations of baddies. Yeah, yeah, Jake and... At any rate. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the overarching theme, though, is that there's a tremendous amount of money that's involved in this oh, thing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in so many sectors of of our, our government and the healthcare industry, they're all involved in it. And all the way from the testing when it first started... I mean, this, this is fascinating to me, but when, when we first started testing, um, you would get, get a certain amount of money. I think the number $1,300 sticks in my head, either $1,300 or $1,800. You so, being the medical facility. The medical facility, right? So if they got a positive test, we'll yep. just say there's $1,800. Well, no, no, no I, just giving the test. They get paid for just giving the okay. test. And then they get a bonus for the positive test. Then they get the bonus to admit you. And then they get the bonus to put you right. on on this or that, and then they get paid off when you pass away. Well, where I was going with that is the Wyoming Department of Health, when this whole thing first started, they were, they were actually misreporting the data because they were reporting positive tests instead of reporting positive cases. So, you know, somebody would get sick, they test them for COVID, there's a positive positive case and a positive test. Well, yep. then, you know, a few days later, they test them again. Oh, still positive. Well, looky there. There's another there's test. Another one. Yep. And so in some cases, you had folks taking three and four four tests, and they were all reported as positive cases. And when you add on top of it the money that's involved with it, you know, they were getting paid for each one of those. Well, and, and let's talk about the money. So there's the money in the healthcare sector alone. Um, now there's money in the education sector. I mean, you keep your kids masked, masked here in Sheridan School District, they get $13.2 million dollars. Or something like that. Is, is that not correct, Ken? Is that I, the number? I don't know the numbers. Okay. The concept is, is accurate. Yeah. And so in research, okay, we're seeing the same issue that we've seen in all those years ago with the war on cancer. Um, you know, I mean, I know Ken remembers it. I, I don't know if, I don't know how old you are, David. And Tom, you're younger than we are. So you probably don't remember it. But every time something like this happened, and put in your favorite thing, put in climate change or HIV or now covid and what happens when you throw this much money at things is a bunch of crap gets funded it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. self-fulfilling prophecy yeah and as an example just in cancer um bear and bear and amgen 10 years ago did a comparison they took cancer papers and they had a whole they each had their own group that uh, tried to replicate those results 56 mm -hmm. percent of them were not replicatable and as scientists, one of our goals is to be able to write a paper so that our peers can take it and, and reproduce it. 
Mm-hmm. And so 56% of those papers were irreproducible. There's actually a journal called the Journal of Irreproducible Results. You know, so we we failed as scientists. And, and and when you're throwing money at things, you don't have people with clear ideas. You don't have people with clear concepts or clear plans. And so you get crap. You know, it's garbage in, garbage out. And we see it in we see it in every industry. I'm sure Ken sees it in the construction industry. You know, you probably see something similar in in the poli science world. Certainly, do in education. Well, well and that's yeah. that's a different component of it too. So, you know, back in October, um, I broke a story that all of the politicians in Wyoming that didn't vote for the special session and all of those that didn't turn in a ballot, they all took money from pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical companies, namely Pfizer, the Wyoming Medical Pack, and the Wyoming Education Association. And, I mean, we're not talking like huge dollar numbers. We're talking small $100 here, $500 there. Yep. Um, but if you line up the way that those folks voted with their campaign donations, I mean, they are mirror images. So the money just doesn't stop at saying, hey, Garrett, I'm going to pay you to do a study to prove that X, Y, and Z is true. Okay. Yeah. Now we've got COVID money that's, in, that's being pushed into politics. And, I mean, it's, it's one vicious self-replicating circle. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you bring up Pfizer because the CEO of Pfizer just recently said uh, the shot does not have the safety profile that we expected from it. Well, that couldn't be because they rushed the whole the whole rushed rushed, rushed the whole thing of it. Uh, skipped the whole phase three trial. No, now you there you go with that racism so, thing. Yeah, so, I know. Okay, so I'm so a racist. How does, how does it? Wait, drug... uh, ever you guys all being unreasonable? It's going to be on, what seventy seventy five years? They'll tell us everything. Uh, oh, yeah. Luckily, luckily that got struck down. It's supposed to be out in eight months. So um, um, this is an important point for people to understand. And since we have Garrett here, I'm sure that he can give us. Um, the the whole process, but Garrett, could you tell us like how a drug gets to approval? I mean, what's the process from hey, I've got this new thing that I think works to hey, have a, hey, everybody take a shot? Yeah, sure. And I'll talk about a drug because I'm familiar with the, the drug process more than I'm in the vaccine process, and it's and it's probably very similar and slightly different. So with a drug, depending on the drug you 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 have, and I'll keep myself closer to this for you, Tom. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Um, most commonly nowadays, a drug takes about 14 years to get to market. And it costs anywhere between 4 to $7 billion. And what you end up doing is you end up spending about half that time doing basic research. So from day zero till day 14 when it's launched and out in the market, it's 14. And half of that is spent doing the basic research. Once you get to a point where you've gotten through the basic research and the animal models, you present a package to the FDA and you say, hey, I want a new drug indication approval, which means now you can go into phase one, two, and three in humans. And so once you get that, you can go into phase one and two with humans. And phase one and two are just safety profiles. You're giving healthy people the drug to make sure you don't see any adverse events. And you do things like one dose, and you do multiple doses, you do doses rising on down the line. And then in phase three, well, sometimes in late phase two, you might do a subpopulation of the people that have the disease that you're going to treat. But in phase three, you really start doing that. And there's other smaller increments within those, all three of those. But then you get to the end of phase three, and you do all, you, and, and each one of these, so to get out of phase one into phase two, you file a package with the FDA, and they say you can go. 
you at the end of phase two, you file another package. I'm going to say you can go at the end of phase three. You know, you've got this massive package, and you've got to send enough copies printed, hard copy, to the FDA for all their committee members. So basically, what you end up doing is sending like a semi load of of these bound of these bound documents. And then they take however long they need to take to approve it or disapprove it or put limits on it. And then it launches out into the market, and then you're still doing what they call phase four, which is surveillance. And that's, so if we all remember the Vioxx issue years ago, that's what happened with them and their pharmacal, in their surveillance, they found that a subpopulation of individuals getting those drugs had heart attacks and died. And that's why you now have that black box on those medications like Bayox and some other ones too. So surveillance continues. But in those inserts for that drug, and you should always do this when the doctor gives you a new drug, they, you should ask for the insert and read the insert. And in, and in those, they have a summary of the, of the phase three trials. They have a summary of all that information. The inserts for all of these shots, that is missing. It's marked intentionally left blank. And that's because they didn't go through the whole they, process, and right? And what, what's funny, that's right. And what's funny is that Biden and Kamala Harris, before they were installed, <laughs> they said, oh, I'm not going to get the shot because we don't have big enough phase three data on it. And then all of a sudden, Biden's installed and everyone has to get the shot. So in, in each of these phases, um, those are that's, that's where all the double-blind studies yes. happen, yes. right? Yes, yes. So what is a double-blind study? Basically, you take a population and you split it in half, and half gets the drug and half gets the placebo. And the researcher doesn't know the, which one they're given, right? Sometimes the researcher knows, um, but usually not. Um, the, the study coordinator usually has a key um, for it, and that's sort of new since HIV because with HIV, they were doing some um, drug studies, and those with HIV were st- on the placebo were dying, and so it became bioethics question. Uh, you know, it's basically working in, in your, in your um, group that's getting the drug, so we need, to break, we need to break the study and give it to those people in the placebo group too, you know. Um, but basically, for most drugs, that doesn't happen. That's probably the only case that it happens. But, you know, so the FDA is so uptight about these studies that um, if, 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 if you're in a study, any one of the phases, if you're in a study and you get hit by a truck, you, that, that death has to be reported right away. And at any time, if someone dies from the treatment, the FDA can pull the plug on it. So you got to put a pause on it, you got to stop it. You know, I mean, they follow those really carefully. And so... When, when it, 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 the lack of that phase three data is one of the reasons why I'm not getting vaccinated. I'm not getting vaccinated. And then you pile on the fact of it that it's an mRNA shot and they don't have any real understanding how it works. Sadly, you know, I shouldn't say sadly. Um, luckily, uh, HCQ and ivermectin, we have a better understanding of its safety profile than we do of this mRNA jab, even to this day. Uh, there's 60 some trials on each of those, and even before even before the shot came out in December last year, back in June there was indications that ivermectin and HCQ would work on this. We had six months to run studies, and no one ran studies. So know. so after after a drug has completed all of these phases and goes through all the double blind studies and all of this, what is the term that's used to describe 
that that drug. Well, I think I know this one. Isn't it safe and effective? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> White supremacist. White supremacist. But so, so what I'm driving at, and that's the reason why I asked you this yep. que- that yep. question, is that the, the thing we have heard through this whole this whole pandemic, two years, however long it's going to go on, 20 years, um, is that, well, this thing is safe and effective. And the reason why they use that phrase, they being the media, mm-hmm. um, is that it fits, there's a specific definition, and they tell you that it's safe and effective so that you might go look it up and say, well, what does safe and effective mean? And you go look it up, and you're like, wow, it's gone through all of these studies. Well, it must be good. Yeah. And it's it's the biggest lie out of the whole thing. Well, the same thing happened with changing the, the uh, definition of a vaccine by the CDC. You know, those of us that are vaccine, vaccine skeptical, I hate saying anti-vax because I've been vaccinated for a lot of things that people haven't been ever. You have too. Yeah. You've had vaccines. You've had vaccines. I'm a diabetic. Needles are my life. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's a difference between the vaccines that we've had and this. Yeah. And and what they don't tell you, what they do not tell you, is there's an actually an attenuated vaccine being developed that's in, I think, mid-phase threes. And now that one, when it comes out, after I see its clinical safety data, I may I may take. But right now, I'm not because I'm naturally vaxxed. You know, I mean... The immune system, the natural infection, is 12, depending on what reference you use, 6 to 12 times better than having a shot and a booster. And it doesn't have the downsides of having a shot and a booster. You know, I, I have a question for you. It has to do with, I've read the studies that say that the vaccines, we'll call them the experiment, um, induce the body to produce larger amounts of antibodies against spike proteins than just being infected with the virus. So here's a question I have. In general, it seems that the human immune system knows what it's doing. That what could be the ill effects of inducing the body to produce unnaturally large amounts of antibodies that it normally would have for the virus itself? Well, first off, the the immune system is an amazing God-given system. You know, it's it's stunning how it responds and how it protects us. Um, of course, your first line of defense is your skin. You, that's your largest organ. Um, but what's happening now is you're depleting those stem cells. I mean, in, in, in your bone marrow, those stem cells that convert and become cells that generate everything from the T helpers we were talking about earlier to your white cells, to your blood cells, to the, the beta cells that produce the antibodies. You know, so you're going to deplete them. You deplete your stem cells. You're going to be left with no immune system. So that could make you v- more vulnerable to something. That could be why suddenly, like the Sheridan VA is finding people hospitalized with pneumonia from rhinovirus, which oh, is just that's a news, cold. Th- that's news to me. That uh, They see a spike in that? Uh, there's been a spike across the world of people getting hospitalized for other viruses. Yeah, I would say that that's part of it, especially if they're elderly and overweight and smoke and things like that. They already have a suppressed immune system. Well, a follow-up question. If your body's swimming in all those extra antibodies it does not need, what happens to those antibodies? Your stem cells go into, go into quiescence and sit in your lymph nodes. That's why when you get, when you get a cold, the doctors commonly palpate your lymph nodes, you know, up here usually around your cheek, you know, right there. Your mom may have grabbed you. They're going, oh, you got a cold, you got a cold. And they'll swell and they'll get warm. And, in fact, with, you know, a wonderful disease like um, the plague, they used to get so full that they would burst and the pus would ooze out. 
So that's where Ring Around the Rosie, Pocket Full of Posy came from. And there's our the gross lesson from the Middle <laughs> Ages. <laughs> well, there are grosser lessons from the Middle Ages. Yeah. The original original bio warfare, you know, use use your favorite catapult or trebuchet and throw bodies over the fence, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, right. They, and, still, and, they did that. Yeah, they did that in ancient Greece, throwing plague-filled bodies over walls. Yeah, yeah. Well, but since you're a poli sci guy, apparently I haven't found it yet. Apparently, there's a couple different books out. There's a whole study in history about. Uh, using plagues to control, not to control populations, but determine where people live. Do they live in the walled city or do they disperse out? And um, I have to find that, artic those articles or those books to read. That sounds like something for an historian, definitely. I have to say, for, for political science, my main expertise is explaining what politicians are doing now and why, not what they did 2,000 years ago so much. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting you bring that up, Tom, because the... Like what politicians did two thousand years ago is not all that different. I was gonna say I, that. I, okay, yeah. yeah, I have to admit yeah. that people don't change. Technology changes. People are well, stay the same. It seems. Let me help you out here, Tom. Et tu, Brute? <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, right. I'm listening to this conversation. We we know where this thing started. Yeah. The question is why. Because it was bad fish at a market. And if you look at, you know... <laughs> it was a bat. I thought oh, it was bat on. soup. I thought it was bat soup. <laughs> at, the, at the risk of being cut off and shut down and thrown out of society. Welcome to my world. Yeah. Yeah. You look at this and you say, who would want mass populations... Okay, you're not out. drawing me in on the on the depopulation argument. Yeah, right? so I, I'll, it, it seems like this virus came from a lab. Everybody seems to know that now, but the intent of it. Uh, uh, well, I'll go. I'll go down the depopulation route because I sincerely I'm, believe I'm opting out of that one. I, yeah. I sincerely believe that in, in in the last four or five months, I've come to the view that what has happened is the upper politician class and the upper class, you know, the Zuckerbergs of the world, the Dorseys of the world, and those people basically want slaves and one way to do that is to depopulate us automate everything and then just keep us around those of us that are still alive around to do whatever we need to do and control us through economics and through force and social media so now a lot of people out there listening to us have just decided that we're complete wackos everybody but tom because he opted out so he didn't <laughs> count in this and um it's well, a possibility that we're wrong. It's a possibility that we're right. But th my point is simply this. One needs to consider all the possibilities yes. and proceed with caution. Well, I've always said as a scientist, if I don't start with a universe of answers, a university of pos universe of possibilities, and start throwing out the ones that don't make any sense, I suck as a scientist. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and let's, let's go down this road. You know, I said earlier that, um, and yes, this is Garrett Lindemann. I'm going to go down this road. 53% of the population is, is has the jab. We've seen the rise of cancers, tuberculosis, now rhinoviruses. We know about, about the cardiac issues with young children. You know, the, the U.S. population is obese. You know, a lot of them smoke. Some of them are diabetic. On down the line, you know, a lot of people in the population have two comorbidities. Um, and, and we've seen um, a variety of other issues, the clotting issues, you know, um, the increase in stillborns in, in, in women that have had the vax, the, the shot. Um, you know, there's a, oh, and, and neurological issues now too. And that came out in that five hour um, uh, 
the five-hour that Dr. Ron Johnson had, I think, uh, they had all those people from frontline doctors. The Air Force has seen a tenfold jump or a hundredfold jump in neurological issues of, in vaccinated pilots. Um, so, you know, we're going to be looking at um, over the next however long, 20 years, since we're also giving young kids the jab, maybe even longer, of increased burden on our healthcare system, at least, at best. At worst, significant deaths to it. How many? I don't know. Uh, when I when I go down into that deep, dark hole, I think we're looking at probably a loss of 30% of our population. Well, it, what, one thing I try to do on my program is look at the bigger picture. You know, I'm a historian, and, you know, you can, you can chart um, events throughout history that— you know, maybe they don't they don't happen exactly the same way, but they definitely repeat themselves. And, you know, so I try to look at the bigger picture and try to I don't want to use the word divine, but try to look at look at it from 30,000 feet and say, what is what is the overarching purpose behind this act? And um, with with covid, with everything that we've been discussing, the one thing that sticks out in my head and it has from the very beginning is that this is all about control. Mm-hmm. So politicians, uh, bad politicians, um, or evil ones, whatever one you want to call it, crooked politicians, the number one thing that they want to do is control people. Right. You know, that, that we know better than you what to do with your life. You can hear it in Fauci's voice. Yes, yeah. you can. And so, you know, when you look back at everything pre-COVID, there's always an attempt at control. And it's always... It, it always shows up in different spots. You know, it could be gun control. It could be uh, Medicaid expansion. It could be, um, you know, the, the border, whatever it is. Right. Okay. But it's control. And so here we have um, a virus that was engineered in a lab and that it affects, you know, a huge percentage of the population that you can be, you know, I think it's a pretty fair bet that at one time or another, all of us are going to end up having this thing. By now, we probably all have had it. Probably, right? Yeah. So if you can, if you can create a shot, and you can say, "Look, you you're going to have COVID if you don't take if you don't take the shot," and so it is it is the ultimate in in trying to control a populace. And so I want to take this just one step further, just for a second. So the media in this whole thing is at the very least corrupt. Yes. And they've been pushing this lie on the American people. And, a, and a, a large percentage of the American people have have decided that they they believe it. They've taken the shot. Yep. Okay. So the next step is once once we have control established there, then where do we take it? And I want to just give you one quick example. I don't think I want to go into this, but it's an example. So front page of the Casper Star website today. Here's the title. The Real Purpose of the Second Amendment. And it's, it's a bullcrap um, article that says that the Second Amendment is only about militias, and you don't have a right to personally own a firearm. Racist militias. Yeah, fact. white supremacist. Yeah. Um, now that's, but, that's what it's about. But yeah. think, think about this, though. So we've been able to convince people of a lie about COVID. So the strategy worked with the media. So then the next step out of this is to select another area. And I'm not saying guns is is going to be that area what i'm saying is it's the perennial one right so the media strategy worked here so now it's time to control this other aspect of of people's lives we're seeing it with booty judge and transportation well same thing we got to slow everybody down right we got to put up uh, 
traffic cameras all over the place. Well, let's let's roll back just a little bit. Education, what, what you, Tom. What you're talking about here about politicians, elitists, and control. Um, whenever I've spoken to anybody who says that COVID was intentionally released, my counter to that is if they were going to go through all that work and money to intentionally release a virus, they wouldn't have released it in the same damn city where they invented it because it's too obvious. It leaked. Yes, it leaked. I didn't say, uh, don't put words in my mouth. I didn't say that it was intentionally released. I didn't say, Ken, I didn't say you did. Why are you get all defensive? I said it was intentionally created. It it was was definitely intentionally created, but there are people who said this virus is listed out on purpose. Now, beyond that, uh, what we see are power-hungry and money-hungry people taking advantage of a situation. That's what we're seeing at this point. There was an opportunity to grab money. There was an opportunity to grab power, and politicians will do that. You've heard them say it. Never let a good crisis go to waste. That anytime, And this was a great crisis to really just consolidate power. And when you're talking about, David, about the, when you talk about a big lie, the biggest lie I see coming out right now is that protesting or disagreeing with your government is inciting insurrection or violence. Uh, that's and that's fascism. what we're seeing. Yeah, that's what we're seeing. Now, this is authoritarianism 101 in that when you shut people down, if they disagree, it's misinformation and they have to be censored. That's what's scaring the hell out of me right now is how many people are being convinced that it's not okay to disagree with the government. Well, and I agree, if Goebbels was still alive, he'd be happy with, we'd be amazed at what he sees right now going on. Because I keep, I use this as an example. People say, oh, you know, I'm a strong, informed woman. I go, great. 1930s and 40s, Germany was informed too, and look what happened. Because they had one source of information, and that was the Goebbels, you know, the, 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 the nationalization of the papers and the radio. And so we're seeing the same thing here. You see the you see the same stories across all all the major media. You know, no one dissents, and that's why I gave up TV. You know, so let's kind of wrap this up. We've been going for a little over an hour. Only an hour? Yeah. Racist. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're not done yet. Racist. When I take that word out, white supremacist. Thirty minutes. <laughs> I want to go to Israel. Okay. I want to go back there. So why are we seeing the spikes? Why are we seeing the spikes? What's happening? What's the reaction? Yeah, well, why, why you is know, a country that's on their fourth shot overwhelmed in COVID? Well, we sort of answered it as we came along here, and that's because we're seeing their immune system suppressed. Mm-hmm. And so then a next, the next version of COVID pops up. Now, I sincerely believe what happened with the accidental release or the sloppy science release in Wuhan uh, is that we had a pool of viruses released and not mutations to sort of finish that thought out too. And so what happens now is you get a shot for the original and the delta arises because you got antibodies to that. And that allows, because this is like antibiotic resistance, you know, that bacteria that doesn't like penicillin dies out, but the one that, that needs higher doses or likes, needs another uh, antibiotic rises. So now we have the Delta show up, and you get uh, an antibody, or you get a jab for that, a booster. And now that one's suppressed and taken out, and then the Omicron arises. And so now we have that. So the same things happen in Israel, in my viewpoint. But the nice thing about this, too, is that what we're seeing plainly, and, 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 and the media is not willing to talk about this, nor is Fauci, is that we've seen this virus go from deadly in people that have three or more comorbidities and everyone else, you know, surviving at 99.8% to 
the Omicron virus or the Omicron version and people getting, oh, I had a head cold. Yeah, I have to mention, while you're talking about Omicron, a lot of people, if you don't know this already right now as they're lining up children to get vaccinated, Omicron has killed, I think, a grand total of zero children in the entire Zero children, one human, one one adult. One adult in America, zero children in the entire world. The flu has already killed several people this year, several children this year, and nobody's panicking about the flu. Well, the insanity of it, too, is our border is... Our border is open, and and Biden is worried about the Ukraine border because it, he's dirty over there. They have all this crap on him. And, um, and and what we see is fentanyl coming in from China, killing more people on a daily basis than whatever number that is. You know, and, you, and you're bringing in tuberculosis. You're bringing in the plague. You're bringing in a bunch of other diseases. Plus, you have, you know— human trafficking, sex trafficking, and just a bunch of, you know, I'm not all of them are criminals, but a lot of them are criminals because they don't want to come in the right way. And granted, there's people that want to come in the come in because they can't come in the right way. But holy crap, you just can't let, what is the number now? Two million, two million? Well, I, one thing, one point I want to make for anybody listening, um, Omicron is incredibly infective. It, it, it spikes and dies out very quickly. It's already dying out in the United States. Yep. So I want you to pay attention to this. They're saying a three-shot course for Omicron will be ready in March. Omicron will be long gone by then. Are you going to get those three shots for a virus that's no longer here? You're, well, and more likely you, you've already had it. You're kind of want, leading me to what, where I wanted to end this. Oh, you're welcome. You may be listening to this, and some of the things you hear are scary. Some of them may have, frankly, pissed you off. You may think that they're just a bunch of wackos. You think of it what you want, racist. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, to our listeners who have, who have heard all the things that we've just discussed, what's your advice? What now? What do you do with this information that we've laid out here? Well, first off, do your research. Secondly, ask your healthcare professional to see the inserts. Be careful about the documents you sign when you go into your doctor's office or the hospital because basically you could assign away your consent, your informed consent rights. I think the ER forms basically allow the hospital to do anything they need to keep you alive. You know, so, and keep, and keep this phrase in mind, against medical advice, you have every right to opt out. Keep in mind under most states, uh, constitutions under the under, I believe under the U.S. Constitution and for sure under the Wyoming Constitution, you have body autonomy. You can make those selections yourself. What you want, what you don't want. If the if the if the pro-abortion side can say, you know, my body, my choice, the rest of us can say, my body, my choice about a vaccine, about a shot, and about a treatment. Yeah, you but know? That, that's different. Nobody dies when there's an abortion. <laughs> no, okay. 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 That's, okay. That's Everybody, hard. listen that's out hard. there. That was that was sarcasm, people. <laughs> people are ready to hang me. <laughs> Anybody else closing remarks? Yeah. Well, I, I think the last thing I would say is, you know, we've today we've given you a, a ton of information you know, about COVID, but but the solution, and Garrett just said it, is to do your own research, and it's not just about the virus, and it's not just about the jab. It's about everything, that you shouldn't believe what you're being told unless you can verify it. That's why on my program, I, I put the articles on the website so you right. don't have to just listen to what I'm saying. You should do that on your own, and you should just be an informed citizen and 
just learn about it for yourself. I want to tail on what you just said there, Dave, because, you know, I don't want my last comment to be sarcastic. In all seriousness, we talk about people and we hear a lot of concern about preserving our democracy. And many of these people talk about preserving our democracy are actually pushing towards a rule of experts. They want to give up their decision and their, their autonomy and they want to give up their rights to the experts like Dr. Anthony Fauci, who will make the decisions for them because those are the smart people in the room. Let me tell you straight out, Dan, Anthony Fauci is not a very smart man. No, he's not. And I'm going to just add on one other thing, too. I would get away from social media sites like, you know, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Google and go to, you know, uncontrolled sites that do not have, you know, AI programs that send you to what they want. You know, Google is probably the most egregious about this. Um, they they will send you to the sites that they think are best. If if you try and find attenuated coronavirus vaccines on Google, you cannot find them. If you put it into DuckDuckGo, you can find them. There's more information out there. The narrative is being managed, and you're being controlled through the managing of that narrative. It's like, you know, I'll go back to World War II, Nazi Germany. Oh, there's not a concentration camp over there at all. You don't see that concentration camp, yet people are delivering bread to that concentration camp. They're guys, people are from the same town are going to work there, and they go, oh, no, there's not a concentration camp. Then Patton rolls in, makes them look at it. They go, oh, we didn't know it was here. You know, it's, it, it, they want to put on the blinders. They, they don't want to take the intellectual responsibility for actually being an active citizen. 